Yeah, 100%. 100%. You have to uh, get them to invest their emotion. Yeah. And the best way to get them to believe it is for you to believe it. When yeah. I'm out there, that's what I'm selling. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm buying all of it. I'm holding my ribs and gasping for air because I just got kicked right there. And like a lot of people don't get that. Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. <laughs> Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the big guy, Ryback, with JD and Asian Joe starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. I am the big guy Ryback, and we're starting off hot this week. With Ryan Satin and the Wrestling Report, what's going on? The Big Guys Wrestling Report with Ryan Satin, brought to you by Pro Wrestling Sheet. What up, dog? Not much. There's actually a ton of stuff going on. I shouldn't say not much. There's actually a lot going on in wrestling. I think we just talked for like 40 minutes about stuff (laughs) before, and we didn't record any of it, which is, I guess that's a good sign, but... That is a good we time. also missed 40 minutes of good stuff. Which... <laughs> well, that was more off the air comedy. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was more venting to each other. That was <laughs> therapy. Yeah, exactly. But I think, okay, so let's start off with the biggest story of the week. And that is a story that we broke early on uh, Monday of last week. Well, this week still. Uh, but that is the fact that Batista is in talks with WWE to wrestle at WrestleMania 35. Okay. Um, however, it's not set in stone quite yet. Uh, he is, from what I've been told, he's very 50-50 on the situation right now based on the way talks have gone so far. Um, as you know, dealing with the creative process is not fun with yeah. WWE, uh, especially when you're and, and when you someone like Batista, you know, who, who has uh, pull, obviously, and he's got the, the the Hollywood machine behind him. I feel like now more than ever, he can actually make um, decisions. He can, he can say this is what I'll do and yeah. and what I won't do type yeah. stuff. Um, and I'm sure that that gets weird for Vince McMahon, who is used to having Batista be um, subservient to him in yeah. the past. You yep. know, absolutely. Um, and so I'm guessing that's kind of where talks are. You know, uh, at a standstill from from, from what I've kind of heard, but also. Um, at the same time, there has been interest uh, expressed to Batista from All Elite Wrestling as yeah. well, which seems to be the new thing. In wrestling. I would say there's a zero percent chance that he goes there. <laughs> yeah, Legit- well, like based off of the, and then that's not nothing against for AEW, and I'll I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Yeah, no, for- and, I, and and I agree with you, um, but you know, I it's weird because I had said, oh, you know, you know, from what I've been told from from very trusted sources that they had expressed interest, so I put it out there, and then the next day. Uh, Chris Jericho posted a picture of himself having a meeting with Batista. Yeah, and I'm like, I love it. Oh man, like they're totally using AEW to to almost help. To me, outsider looking in, it looks like they're they're kind of helping their boy Batista here. Chris is helping his boy Batista. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and yep. Then, exactly. You know, like get, a, get him a couple like, extra million here for the. Exactly. <laughs> I was talking to I was talking to a friend of mine. Chris is smart enough to get a percentage of that, by the way. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine, and 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 beyond creative, and this is just my speculation here. Um, but you know, looking at all the evidence and, and just my opinion, 
I go, man, I guarantee you it's not even just a creative thing. I bet you anything it's a Vince trying to offer him Batista money and not Drax money. You yeah. know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, hey, I'm coming back from WrestleMania. I'm not stupid. I know how much you will make at WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, I'm a huge star that you don't have on your WrestleMania card this year. Yeah. And so I, I guarantee you money play is playing a factor too. Absolutely. And, and with Dave, I love Dave, man. He, he was really, really cool when he came back and, uh, got to talk to him a bit. He, uh, and the landscape had changed tremendously from when he was working there to when he came back and it, um, in, in before, I think it was always kind of like him and Cena were the two. You know what I mean? It was like it was Raw and SmackDown. It was Batista and Cena. Kind of that was that way for a bit, and and he came back, and uh, the 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 wrestling style had changed too a little bit, and and things had picked up a little bit, and it, it was a little different ball game, and uh, the creative part, and and how much control they have over everything was probably even more than it was back then. And, and I'm sure, you know, for him, he probably, I, I see him wanting to come back and probably have closure and go out. And, and that's why I think he's been adamant on saying he wants the match with Triple H. And because that's the only one that kind of makes sense to, from, to give closure on that whole thing. And, and then he could ride off into the sunset and continue killing it with the movies, which I think he just got a lead role in something. Uh, he's like, rest, he's, or he's in wrestling. He's going to be acting in Dune, I believe. Is the, it the reboot of Dune? Doom. Yeah, okay. Dune. Not not Doom, Dune, like Dune. the eighties okay. movie series or whatever. Yeah, well, I don't, which I've is, never seen it, but it's a, what's one of those cult classics. Yeah, movies. it's a big role though, supposedly yes. for and for him at this. Yeah, stage. I think Jason Momoa is going to be in the movie too, and there's a really big director attached to it. It's like a big, it's a one of the big big uh, franchises that that's being worked on right now. So like that, and that's that's great, and so that's why I was. The AEW, not to say he, so I say there was a 0% chance. That's obviously not true. He uh, he obviously could go there in, in some capacity. I don't see uh, that being a long-term thing and whatnot. And, I, man, I'm telling you, the style, the wrestling, though, the, the whole style has changed with guys just in the last 10 years. And, uh, and, and I agree last with you in that fact. Well, I agree with you in that fact that AEW is definitely not the style that, that he is, uh, blends best with. And like you said, I don't think that Dave is trying to uh, further his, his wrestling, wrestling career yep, here. Same. He is trying to get closure on his wrestling career. Yeah. And going to AEW is not closure on his wrestling career. Uh, closure on his wrestling career is wrestling Triple H WrestleMania, WrestleMania. like he has said. Putting Triple H over probably. That would probably yep. be in riding off into the sunset. That would be... That's, like, that would be my guess as well. Although, you know, it's weird because it's like, as much as I would, I, I, I am into that because I'm a big Batista fan. Like, I, I'm a big, big, big yeah. Batista fan. Um, but it's weird, you know, it's almost like Triple H's whole MO has felt like it's been wrestling the, the, the up-and-comers yeah. to, to kind of get them to main event level uh, yep. the past few WrestleManias. And I almost wonder, if, you know, the reason they ghosted Batista for so long and why it's taking them so long and even now to get to that match uh, is because maybe Triple H isn't as interested in it as Batista is for some reason. And, and no, that that was another thing I was going to bring up. That's a great point. And also in Triple H, they're, they're, they're both a lot older than they were. Dave hasn't been in the ring. He trains MMA and all that. But with some, he, conditioning-wise, I'm sure he's in shape. But 
as far as like wrestling and being uncomfortable in a ring and whatnot. And Hunter, and we saw the last, the Saudi Arabia deal when you put four older guys in the ring. And this is nothing. They, they are legends of the, of the sport, but father time is Kurt Angle had mentioned it, it catches up to everybody. And you have the younger guys with the style they're doing now. And the, just the way wrestling moves are being done is different than it was before. You don't have to go, you don't have to do it at that, what they're doing, but there's, you also don't want to be at the opposite end of the spectrum necessarily either. And because it stands out a little more and whatnot. And, uh, and that could be something that maybe triple H isn't as confident in that matchup for WrestleMania with the card that they're going to have and the talent they're going to have on there. Or it could be triple H doesn't want it. It's over with for him. He doesn't want to take that spot with that. Maybe he wants to use it with a young guy, like you said, because, and, um, because I, you know, we see with Triple H and NXT, he is about like the future of wrestling a little yeah. bit more, and I'm sure he does feel like he needs to like maximize his time in the ring when he's there. And I feel like he feels like, well, I don't need to be put over, and we don't need to put Dave over. Yeah. So like, who who is this match serving? I can. The I can only thing is, is to give Hunter a little bit for another guy later on because he has put quite a few guys over here as of as True. of late. So it could be a big win for him to, if they did do something. I, I don't know, and it, it, it's. I agree with you though. It, it's, but they they love Vince loves bringing in names for WrestleMania. They've never cared about like taking up think, spots for young people. But it, for some reason, and I don't get this. I I have not understood this the whole time. Batista has been, uh, you know, become kind of a bigger star in Hollywood. Is like kind of like you said. Um, you know, for a long time it was. John Cena and Dave Batista. Yeah. I mean, like, long time. And, I mean, even me, like, I got out of wrestling for a while. When I came back in, it it was John – I went to the WrestleMania where they won the titles and yeah. then switched shows or whatever. And yep. so, like, I, you know, I I look at Dave Batista. He's maybe not the John Cena uh, of WWE because John Cena was number one. But, man, he was right there. Like, yeah. he was right there. They were portrayed the, as that. They were portrayed yeah. as close as to equals as far as how they were booked and used and whatnot yeah. and – yeah, and then, you know, Batista's gone out into Hollywood and become a big deal in Hollywood, and for some reason, it's like... It's not played up as much by WWE, no, I feel like. No, never! Yeah. And, it's almost, and I almost wonder if it's because Cena did it in the system. Cena did it through WWE Studios, yep. then he stayed around, and he's done it, and so they're like, well, this is our boy, this is John Cena, but it's like... Dave Batista's doing it just as well in a way bigger movie. Yeah. Huge property that everybody loves. Why wouldn't you prop him up? It's weird. It, it it's is. Weird. There's something I, I I haven't understood that, but that that's that's wrestling for you sometimes. <laughs> exactly. There's uh but I think it would be it would be nice to see him come back and get closure and uh for a, a one-off deal. And uh I do think if he does, it's gonna be with WWE. You Me know. too, and hopefully this time he gets. I, I think this time he, he'll get heavily cheered, unlike the last time he was around. Yeah, and it was that was just a weird time with everything going on and, and whatnot. And Ray Mysterio was getting booed. I mean, it's <laughs> let's <laughs> that never happened. So like that, that right there just tells you it was just a weird time in pro wrestling. Like yeah. it, Roman, who they cheered and loved, they 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 wanted for so long, and then they they just hated him more than anything in the world. It, like. Wrestling fans just completely did it. They f***ing turned on us. And uh, <laughs> it was just a different, but it was a different little period right there. But I, I like Dave, man. He was always, um, yeah, he was always really cool. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He's a nice, he's laid back and he's, 
he's he's humble and he's just man. Yeah, I remember he came up when uh before the Royal Rumble. He came back that Royal Rumble. He came back and it was so unorganized. By the way, we were we were all in a room like punk everybody. We're everyone's like trying. This is it was probably thirty minutes before the Royal Rumble and they're still trying to put together things of like who's getting eliminated where. And whatnot, and they knew who the winner was. But usually, you like to have that stuff so you could plan out some stuff with guys. To and sometimes there is more time than others. That one, there was nothing. I remember, and I, if you go back and watch, I feel like it was a sporadic Royal Rumble. There wasn't a. It was weird, and uh, it was, that was why it was really unorganized. Very late into That's the crazy. day. Yeah, but I remember Dave. I got to do a little something with him before he eliminated me on that one. And but I remember he came up out there, and he goes, "What the." F- going on with you i go i'm in my punishment period (laughs) (laughs) which i was like it was just weird he was uh he laughed but it was uh he's a good dude so i i hope he comes back all right well speaking of punishment i think that's a perfect segue right there to one of the other big stories of the week and that is uh, this you know quote unquote suspension that was uh given to becky lynch on raw by vince mcmahon uh that you know, storyline-wise, last past WrestleMania. So, therefore, she's now replaced, quote-unquote, at WrestleMania 35 with Charlotte. Um, I mean, obviously, to me, this is, you know, leading towards triple threat match now. Yeah. This is how Char- Charlotte get- gets into the triple threat match. Uh, what do you think about them adding Charlotte to this match, making it a three-way? I So, my personal feeling on it is, is they want Charlotte to be involved in the main event at WrestleMania because she's been very important to the women's division and everything they've done. And I think that is a way, so it might not make the most sense storyline wise, as far as which they can make anything work and whatnot. Yeah. Becky Lynch, who seems to have a lot of momentum and you've heard people, it needs to be about Becky Lynch right now. That's, um, I, I just think it's a way for them. I think they always want Charlotte to be involved, and I think it's a way to that she goes down in the history books as being a part of the main event, if that is the main event at WrestleMania, and that she was she was in it because her and Becky will be the two that are going to probably be there for the foreseeable future and whatnot. So that, to me, it, it might just be them rewarding Charlotte for all the work and she's put in with everybody else and whatnot. And, and, with, like, and again, she's... She's busted her ass and worked extremely hard, and, and she's the, son, the the daughter of Ric Flair, and you know Hunter and his relationship with Ric Flair and, and whatnot. It's just... I mean, she has been the, the face of the women's division for the past few years. Yeah. And if you're going... And I agree with you. Like, I get it. Like, we all wanted Becky versus Ronda. Yeah. You know, we, we, that's what people wanted. But at the same time, you know, there's... You know, there's so many politics that go into wrestling, you know, yep. and and the fact that they're putting her in there does not surprise me in the slightest bit. You know, I'm yep. sure that they trust her as a loyal soldier and they, you know, trust her to put on a main event that they would be. Oh, oh Luke, stop. <laughs> <laughs> they, tr- they trust her to put on a, a good main event, you know, um, even if Becky and Ronda could put on a good main event completely on their own. Yeah, I think that having Charlotte there does reassure Vince and Triple H a little bit, I would imagine. Yeah, and I think and, and she's delivered in the past, time and time again, and it'll be a great match. I, I think, though, from a story line-wise, it, it makes perfect sense for Becky and Ronda, but 
You never know. You never know how they could. It would be they could they could do Becky and Rhonda the pay per view after and in Charlotte's there she goes down in the history books for them all the footage they get everything they need with that because if she's not in that what is she doing at WrestleMania is there something for WrestleMania for it it, it really and you got to I always tell people you have a, you're dealing with when you're dealing with the in WWE and, and the booking committee and Vince and, and Hunter everybody Stephanie Kevin Dunn you have a lot of talent there and you you people a lot of egos a lot of and you're trying to appease a lot of people one way or another and, and the there's people that make more noise than others and they'll be more adamant trying to get get something done and and whatnot and i think it's just it's a really tough thing to try to balance that out with everybody and keep everybody happy and have everything make sense still and it's not easy so mm-hmm. and it's but it's it, People are going to be frustrated, I'm sure, because it. Oh, it, they are. Oh, they. It's funny <clears throat> they're already acting like. Well, this is part of our venting session of beforehand when we weren't recording, but like they're already, you know, they're, they're acting as though Becky Lynch has actually been removed from the. Match. Yeah, weird, which is like which is exactly what they're what they're trying to listen like they're <laughs> that's what they're trying yeah, to get yeah. out of it. But then you go like you, it, it's like guys. Sometimes like <clears throat> the outrage though, I'm like guys. You need to like think sometimes in your outrage. Like this is clearly a storyline thing. This is not yeah. to be outraged about. This isn't. You'll drive yourself not, crazy trying to make sense of it. With it. it's it's like, like you mentioned the Royal Rumble where Dave Batista came back yeah. recently, a few years ago. Um, and I feel like people, for some reason, are, are, are feel as though the 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 Daniel Bryan scenario they're trying to paint for for Becky Lynch is real when in actuality. <laughs> They are trying to get Becky Lynch over. Yeah. Like Daniel Bryan, they were not trying to get him over back then. Like that yeah. was the whole thing. And I get it. It's cool to make a storyline out of it or whatever. But sometimes people are acting like it's actually the same thing as the Daniel Bryan thing. Like you were in that Royal Rumble when they booed yeah. Rey Mysterio. Like yeah. that was crazy. You know, yep. like people were really, really mad that Daniel Bryan wasn't in that match, yeah. myself included. I was furious. I remember yeah. it. And, and Dan, and, Dan's stuff. Were if, if Punk wouldn't have left, and like who's Dan? I, I think that wouldn't have played out the way that it did necessarily. And you think? Yeah, I think it could have been a lot different. It really, I think so too. Because it's you never know though. It, it, it's hard to say for sure, but it's uh, Punk leaving definitely changed things. In in. They'll do that if it's being at the right place at the right time and whatnot, and and that's paid off and it, it's worked and it's been that was a great great thing. But yeah, it's uh, it's a tough it's a tough call, I, and you got I understand, but you got the fans. I think that are that are upset. They want you to be upset so that you're that much happier when she is back in or when she. Who's to say she doesn't? Take Charlotte out on her entrance at WrestleMania and beat her down and leave her leave her bloodied. Charlotte doesn't actually get to partake in the match, and then it is, then it's a badass moment in Charlotte, and then they have that story for later on. You don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So yeah, you just exactly. gotta, rather than get angry, you gotta, you gotta, gotta let it out. Let it let it happen before you get angry, and then exactly. That's why I was kind of confused with the anger because I enjoyed both segments on 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 Raw and the one on SmackDown. I was like, oh, these are these were fun, you know, like. When Vince was like, you're not the man, I'm the man. I was like, oh, that's classic Vince. Love yeah. it. Yeah, classic Vince. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, it, I, let everything play out the way it, it's going to. It's one of their main, it is their main storyline. 
they're going to make sure that they, they, all their attention is on it. And whenever they have something usually that they're focused on, it tends to, they'll, they, they have the people talking one way or yeah. another. So it's much more so than Brock and Seth right now. Yeah. That's actually, I, I, I feel that too. That's, oh, uh, yeah. that whole thing is interesting. I don't know with Brock and just, it's been, he's been there for so long now and it's kind of been the same thing and, and whatnot, you know, it's always the same buildup to every Brock. Yeah. Match. It's no different. It's always the same. It's like copy and paste, copy it, and paste. Yeah. Shoot, so I know? think that, I think, I think it falls more on that than it necessarily Seth. And they're just doing, he's just going along, you know, with it, it's tough and he's not there every week and it's, uh, but I think that one and we'll, we'll see what they do with the outcome of all that. And uh, and see if they do anything to to spruce that up a little bit at, at at the moment. But leading up to it, I I agree with you completely. And then another big thing that kind of happened this week, uh, speaking of happenstance, was everything that happened with Kofi Kingston. You know, uh, originally it was Mustafa Ali was going to be one of the people in the elimination chamber match yep. for the WWE Championship, um, but due to a concussion and some other injuries, uh, he was replaced by Kofi Kingston. And then Kofi Kingston wrestled for an hour in a gauntlet match on SmackDown. Yep. Uh, did you watch this gauntlet match? I have not seen that one yet, though. Oh, I dude. did not. I had heard it was. Have to watch this match. I I don't say that very often, but like, man, like they, you know, Kofi, as you know, is great. Yep. You know, but unbelievable to see them, to almost see like the rebirth of Kofi Kingston from happy-go-lucky guy to, like, the guy we remember when he was about to beat Randy Orton yep. back in the day. To, like, see him kind of, like, go through that transformation was very, very rad. Um, he didn't win the match, but he got real deep. He lasted for, like, an, I think it was, like, an hour or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, he's going to be the match. And I, I feel like there's this kind of, like, this want for Kofi Kingston to be in the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania now. Well, he's never had like really that. That's one thing that has eluded him as far as, and that's what sometimes uh, t- turning a, a negative into a positive. With that, what was going to be a huge opportunity for one guy, which it didn't end up working out for this time. Kofi stepped up, and he's always been able to deliver. He just does whatever's asked of him and whatnot, and it could be the perfect time with the perfect momentum. To and, and New Day's been together for a long time now. That's kind of I don't want to say it's run its course, but there's only so much you could do with that for and whatnot. That and you could always go back to that afterwards. I think you can use that and, and create a new star in the main event some, for some fresh matchups for a while with Kofi and run with it because the guy he's only missed a very. I remember because uh, they wrote him out with me power bombing him through tables. He had bone chips in his elbow. That's the only time I ever remember him missing any time whatsoever. Yeah, I rarely can think. I can't think of a time when he was gone. Like he's he's been yeah. there forever. He's he's like Miz. He's super consistent, like in staying healthy and whatnot. And uh, and Miz has had plenty of title opportunities. You yeah. know, it's, it's actually it's crazy to think of how few, like how little he's been kind of put in that place. Like he was pointed out that everyone else in the Elimination Chamber match with him has all had title opportunities except for him. Yeah. Well, you know, that's crazy. Well, Kofi, too, when I was there, I remember with Punk, when Punk was champion, him and Kofi, I believe they're still friends. They were great friends, especially during that period. But I remember Punk would request to work Kofi on live events, and Kofi wasn't being used in the main event 
picture on TV and whatnot, but they were going out there killing it night after night after night. And, and it, it, he's always been able to deliver in whatever role. They just sometimes, they, there's a lot of guys that are like that. They're just not used in that capacity, so you'll never know that and whatnot. But for him to go out and not being used in a singles ro- role and then getting put in that position probably last minute and to go out and deliver like that, that's you know, that's big, man. And the mm-hmm. that's not easy. I'm going to go back and definitely watch that and see. I'm sure because every time he's every time he's ever been in the ring, he's amazing. So if you had to say, you know, from your time there, who do you think? Who do you think puts on the best matches on the live events that isn't allowed to put, showcase that on TV that you remember the most? That you were always like, what the. F- man like this guy's killing it at every live event why are they not showing that on tv uh i'm trying to think of guys from that well i remember dolphin alberto always going out there they would actually get put in the opening match and it would be a main event opening match uh i remember those two specifically going out and killing it many a times and they might not have necessarily been involved in the main event picture uh alberto they always had he always had time though for the most part but dolph dolph sometimes wouldn't and whatnot, and I just, it was, uh, but he was used in that role to go put out 25, 30 minutes on live events, night after night after night. Off the top of my head, I always remember that match just being amazing. Starting off a live event and the crowd's red hot. Never once did it not deliver. Uh, I do remember another period for a stretch, Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose. Luke Harper wasn't being used. Um, it was during the Wyatt family thing. I think it was when they he was kind of being used in singles, but he wasn't being used on TV, all that, and for long matches. And him and Ambrose, I remember on the European tour, just going out there doing the 25, 30 minutes, killing it. And, and a lot of people wouldn't have thought, and a lot, a lot of people do like Luke Harper and know that he is talented, but you didn't necessarily get to see that as much on TV. So those that'd be Luke would probably be the one that is actually, if they find the right role for him, as far as it, like he could be, uh, he could be a, a key player if they. I've always said, man, like, and I know there's talk that he's apparently, you know, re- he's on his way back soon. That's yeah. the that's the word on the street. I've always thought, and I don't know if it's something he'd even want to do, but man, if they gave him like the JBL treatment, yeah. where yep. they put him in suits, they cut his beard. They gave him like I never even thought of that. That would be and tremendous. And had him be like a like a rich man. Yep. At a no, and just completely shed away that like yeah yeah. A little yeah, comb yeah. over like, maybe. Yeah, a little comb over. <laughs> you know, like any just something that's like the opposite, just like JBL to, to yeah. Bradshaw. Just the just like you Bradshaw was this tough ass kicker, but like now he's this smart man. Yep. Even if it was with Daniel Bryan, and he just comes out, Daniel Bryan convinced him to shave and yep. be the smart man that he is. Man, I guarantee you, he'd ha- he'd be so much more over than than he is right now because Vince would see it. I like this dirty dude. He he is more than talented enough to pull that off. By the way, that would actually I had never thought of that before. I think that is I think that is great. I would love it. That I would, would and I think it would people would get it too with Me how too. He, it, it was. Yeah, what a great idea. Pass the word to Cone. Pass the word to your boy Cone. <laughs> Cone if we can get that for Luke Harper, get him a, get him down in NXT. Let's get it rolling a little bit. Get some in that promo room down there. Get some footage. Let's get it to Vince and, and done, and uh, let's get it rolling, guys. Come on, Cone. <laughs> and lastly, here uh, on my list of stories is uh, you know an, unfor- an unfortunate story, but something that has happened you know in the past, and that's Jimmy Uso being arrested this week. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy. Uh, so apparently, he was the passenger. 
in a car that Naomi, his wife, was driving. They yep. were in Detroit. Apparently, uh, Naomi turned uh, down a one-way street by accident, which, look it. I've done I that. It's happened. Over so many times. Yep. Yeah. Like so many times. When I lived times. in Louisville, Kentucky, there were some one-way streets, and I wasn't – and I remember going down a few times, and yeah, it's, it happened. <laughs> I happens. literally did it a few weeks ago, and, I, and someone honked at me, like, like intense. And I was like, oh, shit. You know? Nobody <laughs> does that on purpose, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to necessarily be drunk for that one. Yeah. So they get pulled over um, – and apparently, like, the, 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 there was a smell of alcohol in the car. They asked Naomi to step out of the car. Um, from the passenger seat, Jimmy kind of started popping off, saying, you know, kind of like s- saying stuff like, you know, why, you know, from what I've heard, kind of like saying stuff like, you know, why are you pulling us over? Like, this is a sober driver yeah. who went on the wrong side of the road. Like, why are you getting her, making her get out of the car type stuff? Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she was doing her thing, you know, talking to the police officer, and then he got out of the car. And... She tried to calm him down, but then he ended up, like, taking his shirt and his jacket off to, like, square up with the cop, and the Ooh. cop pulled out a taser, and when the cop pulled out a taser, he quickly calmed down Jimmy, yeah. um, but still kind of was, like, saying stuff, so from what I heard, like, even though he calmed down and wasn't trying to square up, uh, they, they ended up taking him into custody, so, um, you know, the thing is, though, I see, the, the, the talk I see a lot online is people kind of, like, thinking that they might be punished on television for this, and, and it's and it's interesting because I never usually see that happen from an arrest like this. You know, yeah, it hasn't. Um, it really from the times it's happened, right? Never. Yeah, like, never. It, like when Jey Uso got arrested for a DUI when he was actually the driver, um, they got like they won the tag team titles like I think the weekend after. Yeah, and even, like Bo Dallas when he got Jeff arrested, Hardy too something right? Jeff Hardy, yep, yeah, Jeff Hardy. Um, he won the United States title after his DUI. Um, Jericho's had a hell of a run since. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, Bo Dallas, you know, he had a push after he got arrested uh, in the airport when he was singing like the Lion King all drunk in the airport. He then got a push on TV shortly after. He hadn't even been on TV in forever. And then they started putting him on TV. Again. Yeah. I almost and and. I don't know if this is a crazy thing, but do you think that, like, as long as they don't do anything, like, too bad. Like, obviously, there's zero tolerance, like, hitting your wife yeah. or, like, you know, drugs or, like... Well, in developmental, guys used to get released. It happened to guys in developmental before, and they would get fired. The DUI in Tampa, there was a string of guys that got caught, and they got fired. A lot of them got... I think Mike Mondo was one of them. Okay. He, he got a DUI, and there were a couple others in that period. Uh, but that's developmental, essentially. I, or it, I guess that's developmental, so I guess yeah. it's a little bit differently, or a little bit different, but it's weird. You know, I, I, I almost wonder if it's almost like a, you know, like you always hear of, like, I think it's like the Bill Watts of back in the day where it was like, if you got into a bar fight and you lost, yeah, and you weren't allowed back in the company or whatever, because yeah. it like made the company look bad, to, like that you're not tough. I almost wonder if Vince has a certain mentality sometimes of like, as long as you don't make the company look bad yeah. and you still seem tough, like I'm not gonna trip. I think, I, but I do think they are. Uh, I don't want to say sympathetic to that kind of stuff. I think Vince, though, is maybe could be understanding that stuff happens and whatnot. I think this is a case, and knowing Jimmy, I have a feeling, and I don't know anything details of how much he was drinking, how he just if he was at all even on that. It could have just been him. 
just very upset. Maybe he did not like the way that they were talking to Naomi. And he, he, I could see, I could see him very much coming to her defense if he wasn't happy with how she perhaps was being treated, which we don't know have that information. And I'm trying. I'm because trying. Like, I've, that is that, out of character for him to do that, to go that far in that kind of situation. But at the same time, it kind of makes their characters cooler a little bit. That <laughs> That's what I was saying. Yeah, it does, right? It fits with the whole deal. And it, like I wish, I, wish I actually pref- would have preferred him to get tased. To, if he's gonna <laughs> just to make it all the way that he he's, he'll come come to bat for his wife and you know up with I, the Usos. I was the same way in reading this story. Like I was thinking to myself, like he might. The only reason why he stopped, in my opinion, is he thought it was a gun. So that was you know. I, 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 Usos I, don't I, back I, down I, from I, no tasers. Yeah, I, they would have just headbutted through the tasers. Yeah, you know? Samoan. <laughs> that wouldn't have worked anyways. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was kind of my thought process when I read the the story. You know, I, I the police report has not been put out yet, there, and and I am very much, I very much want to see what they say that he was saying officially yeah. because I have the same hunch when I read the story of like, if that were me and I felt like my wife was being racially profiled. Yeah. You know, when she's dead sober and is like, hey, I'm sorry, I just turned on the wrong street. Yep. And they're making her get out of the car and stuff. I would kind of feel the same way and I might find myself in the same position. Yeah. Um, the fact that they talk about jail on TV, they say the whole Uso penitentiary yep. thing, and now they've both been to jail, <laughs> does kind of help the Just adds legit- legitimacy to everything they say. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. I saw the stupidest thing on Fox News this morning, though, and I'll end it here, but like Fox News put up the story. And they said, according to a source, uh, we've heard that this was done on the, the, the Uso. They, they basically said the Uso brothers, or the, sorry, that Jimmy and Naomi did this on purpose because they want to get fired, even though their contract is up in two months, which wasn't mentioned, or his contract is up in two months or a few months or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that they did this on purpose to get fired because they want to get hired by All Elite Wrestling. Isn't that That the, was on Fox? Fox News. Isn't that the, isn't that crazy? Did they name their source? No, this is the exact line. It says, "I was so blown away by this." That I feel like there's a lot of other ways to go about getting fired uh, than possibly the the gun. The the cop could pull out a gun. You never know. Like it's that's not like it's not unheard of at all. Shot by a cop to get hired by another company when your contract is up in two months. Yeah, that's what that makes. This is what it says. It says, a source closely connected to the WWE told Fox News on Thursday, Uso and his wife want to get fired by the WWE, so this arrest just might be the shoe that drops. And then it says, according to the source, uh, a new wrestling entity called All Elite Wrestling has drawn much interest from a number of wrestlers currently under contract with the WWE. What? I know, Right? I was just like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was just like, wow. Uh, I wish people would name their sources, too. It's And that makes me, people like me look bad when I'm like, no, I'm like, like, man, I try so hard to make sure I get, like, good sources on things. And I'm, like, t- confirming with multiple sources. You got people <laughs> just saying, you, could, you don't even have to name a source. You could just come, you could literally come up with whatever you want. Literally just come up with whatever you want. Yeah. And, I, and, and it's frustrating because I go, like, man, like, there are people that are, trying you know like and like that just makes us look so bad uh so bad so bad but 
I'll end it there before I. Yeah. Now, hopefully, everything works out with them, and I, I would say that's not true. But you, uh, crazier things have happened. But it's that seems a little far fetched uh, in my. There's opinion. no way that's true. There's no. no way that's true. No way whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Which that will be the story for the next week. So. Yeah. Exactly. Well, make sure I'll, I'll segue for you there. Make sure you guys do want to read news that doesn't have resources yep. that. Uh, has fact-checked information. You go to prowrestlingsheet.com. That's my website, at Wrestling Sheet. Uh, you can find good news there, not fake news. Uh, you can follow me on social media as well, at Ryan Satin. Good deal, Ryan. Thank you very much. We'll be talking to you next week. And guys, stay tuned. We have Rob Van Dam up next. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good Pizzas and Enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. All right. We are back. And uh, this week... As I said in his new documentary, Headstrong, coming out on February 19th, available on iTunes, he is simply one of a kind. Rob Van Dam, RVD, what's going on? What's up, dude? Thanks for, thanks for letting me uh, help me get the word out on the movie, and uh, good to be on your show. No, uh, man, it's, uh, I'm happy to see it. It's when anybody after wrestling and you know, doing my the Feed Me More Nutrition thing, and I have certain guys that have helped me with that a little bit. And it's, uh, you always want to support each other in, in anything. I think you always have a bond with other wrestlers. And um, I, for me personally, it was, uh, you're one of the, you said it in the documentary, and I wanted to watch it, and thank you for sending that to me. Because I tried, I was going to buy it before, I really wanted to watch it. And in growing up for guys like me in coming from the WWE developmental system, essentially from my, it was my introduction into wrestling. A lot of the guys that I wrestled, I didn't get to wrestle a lot of guys that I grew up watching. A lot of them were actually kind of, they were on their way out as I was, as I was coming up. So for me to be able to, uh, to be able to get in the ring with you, it was a really cool thing. And meeting you, I knew right away and you said it in the documentary, how, you're real and honest, and that was one of the things I think I right away I noticed that with you that you weren't like you weren't like a lot of other guys. You were you're very real and honest. You're, you're you could tell you're a genuine human being. So I just want to say thank you personally because it was an honor to be able to wrestle with you as limited as it was and whatnot. But uh, you are you're truly one of the greats. Cool, man. I I really appreciate that. These are. Some of uh, my qualities that I enjoy hearing people say that they pick up from me, you know, um, honesty, genuineness. I hope that goes down as my legacy, as, you know, as they say, because um, it's important to me. I figure like we are living 
tomorrow's history. So let's make sure that they get it right. You know, absolutely. And by the the way, just, uh, you know, we we wrestled each other a couple of times, probably more than a couple of times, but when uh, a couple of things that stick out in my mind, I just want to tell you um, the, the, the first time I think that I was in the ring with you, I went to do a, a cross body off the, off the second rope or something. And for whatever reason, it fell so short but you caught me like it, it, you just caught me like at your feet. <laughs> you were strong <laughs> enough. You, you were strong enough to pick me up from there, all the way up to your shoulder, whatever how it was supposed to be. And I was like, "Damn, yeah, this guy's legit." And then, and then another time, you know, I uh, I did the 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 jumping spinning back kick that I do out of the out of the corner. Yep. This, you know, I've told this story a couple times um, in the last couple weeks about when I learned that kick, you know, I got trained so stiff by the Sheik and Sabu. And then I learned to soften up a little bit just because none of the local guys wanted to work with us because, you know, we were basically shooting on each other. And then when I I went to Japan, then I had to um, stiffen it up again or else they wouldn't even react to what I was doing. And so, um, but having said that, you know, there's uh I, I did when i learned to do that kick i was training with sabu this is before my first match and i said to sabu i said you know i want to do this uh i want to jump out of the corner and do like this jumping spinning back kick and i think that would be cool because i was into martial arts i was uh kickboxing before i met Sheik and sabu and sabu was like okay uh just try and do it and i said yeah but i mean i want to know like is there a way like that i could do that you know without breaking your jaw I said, I know how to kick your face and break your jaw, but I mean, is there like, <laughs> is there like an industry secret? And Sabu said, well, just just try not to break my jaw, and then um, you know, if you do, then uh, then then when it heals up, we'll try again, and and then just try and you know pull back a little more. And I'm like, I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> I, said, I said, isn't there like a way? Like, do I aim somewhere else or something? He goes, just try and do it. He goes, you're you're good. He goes, you'll be able to you'll be able to pull it. So I, I jumped off the ropes. I kicked him in the face. I broke his jaw. <laughs> <laughs> He's eating out of a straw. Ugh. Out of a straw. And then soon as uh, soon as his jaw healed up, he I'll be damned if he didn't say, "Okay, let's try it again. This time, try and pull back a little more." And uh, yep. that's that's the way I got trained. And it really doesn't take you know like like an inch to be from just smacking somebody so perfect that you just kind of uh-huh. smack their cheek. And like a little inch over, it could cause a lot of damage. That's the kick. I kicked Abyss, and, and I and I kicked his teeth out. And I've all and I've you know I've 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 uh, I've got a lot of incidences where you know people have gotten hurt in my match that weren't me. <laughs> 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 and I, I'm not you know, and I'm definitely not proud of any of that. Uh, but um, it's a fact, and I really really felt bad about kicking Abyss because he's such a sweet guy. Yeah. And um, anyway. Um, and then I, you know, a little while after that, when I was in WWE, I caught you with that same kick, and I was like so upset at myself. You know what I mean? Like, and I didn't know how you were going to react. I knew that I caught you really good, and I didn't know afterwards if you were going to be upset. You never know afterwards. So yeah. You want to take your boots off and be like vulnerable. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually have that in my notes at, from okay, watching yeah. that. So this is. I wasn't mad. I was I was mad at the time at myself, and I'll tell you why. Because it was on Raw. I believe we were in Canada, and it's the only time in my entire career I think I've I've got. I don't want to. I don't want to say I had a concussion. I don't know what I. But I I blacked out for a second, so maybe I did. 
but it was I was more mad at myself because I I lo- I loved wrestling with you. I love your physicality. I actually, as long as you're not in there, you, like you said, breaking. You never want to you never want to break anything on a guy and and whatnot. But 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 believability is a, a very big thing in this business. But I remember that it was. It was in Raw in Montreal, and it was a quick match. We didn't have a lot of time, and I remember it, it caught me, and I blacked out, and I, I don't remember doing this. I watched it back. I, I go over to the ropes, and I scream, F-, which got picked up on TV. It's Kevin Dunn. <laughs> I, but I, I wasn't mad at you. I was mad at myself that I actually, for the first time, I, I felt like what it got, I got rocked. And it, to me, it was like an ego blow. I was like, I'm human. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it was, no, it was, those things happen and, and guys catch each other and you, you couldn't have been any, any easier to work with. And that's, well, that's what you, good. Uh, that's good to know. Cause I was mad at myself, you know, and it's usually, it's usually just being, uh, getting a little too comfortable, taking the move for granted. Like, okay, I'm going to jump up. I'm going to go this far back and reach out. And then when it happens, I'm like, dude, get your eyes on your target. It's, I feel like it's laziness. I beat myself up. I go back to my martial arts training yeah. days and, like punish myself when I do that. But no, man. It, 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 there's such little room for for air when in in wrestling and that stuff. And two, especially how you're trained and when that's instilled in you a certain way. Like I was trained by Bill Demott that, and it was for me. It was like you can't be who you are and look the way that you do unless you lay your stuff in. He goes, it will be the biggest knock on you if you throw fluff. But you want, and he was always taught hit hard in safe places. But a lot of that too, it's not necessarily all on you. I was mad at myself that I. Could, I missed with my hand, essentially, too. That was It's just as much my fault as yours because on a move like that, it's extremely difficult to, with the way you're coming off, like it has to look good. And, and it's just one of those things. And I think it always it, it falls on both parties no matter what. But things happen and everything was completely fine. They made me, uh, WWE Mark Carano, they actually, they wouldn't let me drive. I had to go, I had to drive with this funny story with R-Truth and Mike Chioda, and, uh, in which before they had to uh, do a little run while in Canada to stock up on some supplies. And uh, I just remember being, I was always very, I liked having my regimen and, and just being, you know, having everything. I traveled alone and I'd listen to my audio books. And I remember it took, the ride took an extra like three hours. And I just go, never again am I riding with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> And then right. I was, I didn't have a concussion or anything. I was fine. I passed the, the thing the next day. And uh, yeah. yeah, so it was good. But I remember, I think on, it was Oakland. Was uh, I remember the first time I think we worked was in Oakland at a live event. And uh, and I remember the crowd was awesome. And I, I just remember thinking it was, uh, it, it was just nice. Because you meet some people that you grew up watching. It's not always necessarily... Uh, uh, ideal and whatnot, but you, you couldn't have been any greater. And like Jericho's another one. I always say I, he always treated me great, and you you've done the same. So so thank you. Cool, cool, right on. Glad uh, glad to know. Um, a couple things that, uh, that that come to mind. One of them, um, just because I've been wrestling so so long, and because of uh, my. I don't know, my record, my accomplishments or whatever. When something happens uh, during the match, the other guy almost always gets blamed. (laughs) It seems like always. It's got to be their fault because I'm IVD. Yeah. Um, But then people work with me know you know that i'm that I'm, i've been snug uh you know more than more than not but um the other thing i want to say is on that on that on your symptoms 
dude, that's a concussion. And that's what I didn't know wow. until I started uh, looking into it more, which I was kind of forced to. You know, I had already donated my brain and my spine that. to the cause years ago uh, to Chris Nowinski to, you know, further the studies on, you know, concussion damage with, with us and, and its, uh, its, direction, its direction to uh, CTE. But what I've learned is that like when you're altered, yep. like you get you get hit in the head, if you're seeing stars or you're just kind of like feeling like goofy for a second, and, and unless you're told otherwise, you can assume that's a concussion. Um, once once I learned that, I started, you know, thinking of all the times in my head, like all the matches I've had with Balls Mahoney, yeah. guaranteed, every match with Balls, like I knew it. I yeah. knew I was going to get You watching that documentary, Headstrong, I, I mean, man, you took some some air shots <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was those were intense when did you first realize that when you're talking when you about the that what you're talking about here like when you started becoming conscious of this of, of how many concussions have you had and 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 then the symptoms when did you first become aware of this well i i guess when i was doing the annual interviews that, that go along with the uh, program when you um you know, when you um, donate your, your brain and spine, I do like every year I got to do these uh, cognitive and memory um, questions and then also personal questions on in the last few months. Have you experienced this or this or this? And so uh, I've been that that got me starting to pay attention. And then, you know, uh, I realized, I guess, during that time that I've had, you know, I, what, what time they, they told me to count. And I sat there and I was and I was actually thinking about all the matches and how many years and all this. And I came up with about 500 concussions. Whoa. And, yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, I don't think that I knew how serious it was, just like a lot of us. We didn't know anything about this uh, CTE, and we really didn't realize that much until the, um, I think it was the Chris Benoit tragedy yep. that brought it out into mainstream, and then it became really controversial, which it still is. You know, a lot of people yeah. are surprised that I would be as personal and talk about it on my documentary, but I'm 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 always candid and honest to a flaw, yep. and, and I hope to always be that way. But um, it it was there was like uh, there was so many times, and with Benoit, you know, the uh, Chris. Nowinski and uh, and the uh, the medical institute when they looked at Chris Benoit's brain they realized that because of all the tau proteins on it that have uh, from the damage that it was it was very similar to a brain of a, a very old man I saw that in, yeah in, in like his seventies with um, Alzheimer's and so and so you know WWE denied it you know right away uh, at least it seems like it you know they, they were saying no nah, i couldn't and vince had a, a you know some damn good points one of vince's points was hey if his brain was that bad how could he function how could he make flights and rent cars yeah and, and he, you know and so he had some really good points but the the fact is that we needed to study it more and we still do yep but it's controversial where if you mention i used to i used to never tell anybody you know so i couldn't blame anybody nobody ever knew when i when i got my yep. bell yeah, I wouldn't tell anybody that. Um, I was the but, same when it happened with us. I was back there denying. I, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't. It's just yeah. like a natural thing. I think you don't. And uh, and that's just the way the business kind of always is has been. And you just it stuff. Was. You just yeah. You just. I think wrestlers always took pride in that. Are you glad with WWE? Because I think it was in 2010, if I'm not mistaken, that they they took away the chair shots to the head. Are you? Is that something? And being on both sides of the fence with that, that you're glad that to see instituted for future wrestlers? 
You know, that's a funny question. I really hadn't thought about that until right now. And um, I guess, yeah, I guess I am glad. Um, and uh, hopefully it'll hopefully it'll save some lives. I mean, now that we know the damage that we're doing, yeah. how can we how can we go out there and do it and allow it to be done to ourselves? Yeah, no, and watching that, it was, I, I cringe every time because it's just, it's professional wrestling, what it is, it, it, can, it can be really violent at times and whatnot, but it's, our brains are extremely delicate and sensitive, and that's one of the things you, you I think, too, with wrestling, we see, and I, I think it's starting to happen here more rapidly, is the evolution of pro wrestling and learning from the mistakes of the past and bettering it for everybody involved in I definitely think that's one of the ways because you could still go out there and do a lot of things. And that's one thing where we're getting information on and we're still gathering information. But, you know, I don't think anybody wants to watch their heroes as they get older and see the, the, some of the things that we could see that could happen with that. It's uh, it's really scary. And, uh, and, and there really is no avoiding it. If you, if you continue that route, were you, yeah, if you want to, so, if you want to see something really scary, Chris Nowinski put out a documentary called Head Games years ago. Yeah. I've rewatched that, you know, since I've done my movie. And like when I, during my movie, I'm, you know, I, I hear myself say some things, you know, about like, well, okay, let's say, what if my brain was messed up? You know, worst case scenario, I'll educate people. They can learn from my mistakes. But no, worst case scenario, I wouldn't be able to tell you my name or what day it is. And, and you see that on head games, and it's so scary. They're asking this football player the most simplest questions. You know, they're, they're saying, like, January, February, what comes next? And the guy can't tell you. He can't tell you, and he seems yeah. normal when he's not being asked these questions. And so, I mean, watching that will really make you realize how, how serious of a risk it is when you're uh, playing with your brain. Absolutely. And have you found, Rob, with you, like, with as as – getting older that your priorities are changing and with the, with wrestling and, and, and the concussions, um, how, how has that changed your priorities as you, as you've gone along here? Well, you know, like you were saying with the, with the studies and, and not doing chair shots in WWE, that it's all about learning from our mistakes and, and bettering ourselves. That's, that's my goal as an individual as well. I'm always trying to be a better person. I'm very hard on myself whenever I, I, I have a, a flaw in my own values and, and that's to better myself. Part of being part of always growing in that way is that when you look back, you always look back at a lesser self, you know what I mean? Because yep. you're always growing. So that's why, you know, I, I don't have a hard time admitting any of my mistakes or if someone says, oh, you were a dick because you said this. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I was a dick. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, you know, I can see that. Yep. But the, the, the biggest thing that's changed for me um, isn't, so much about the the dangers uh but it's just for me what it's changed and made life so much better is that i don't see life as competition anymore and that changed all same here rob same exact thing happened with me this last two two and a half years yeah i went for being ultra competitive and having i've talked about it relentlessly on here i've had 11 stem cell procedures to fix my back and my shoulder and i was told i was done and needed a five disc fusion. And I, I was always ultra competitive, but I was never happy. And I could, it was like always that the feed me more, it almost taken over. It was like more, 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 more. And then I learned it's not about that. It's competing with yourself and trying to find that hunger and competing with you. And, but it changed my priorities completely. Yeah. I, that's yeah. So we're on the same page there. Life is so much different. 
and less stressful for me. Like, not that I, you know, people see that, you know, I, I deal with stress a lot better than, than most people. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm known for that. But the fact is, I mean, I, I, some of that is by default. Some of it's by effort, you yeah. know, and learning how to, how to deal and uh, move around these obstacles life throws at you. But, um, that is, that is something for sure. And I think that you have to be competitive to be in the business, especially yep. if you want to be at the top. I've always said the guys that are the very, very best um, are crazy. Like, they totally believe in themselves. Yeah. They do the, the guys that do the best promos about how they believe that they're the best in the world. And no one, I, I, I get, they get heat with me when they're doing their promos. So yeah. I'm like, man, this guy really believes in himself. It's a crazy obsession you- that you got to step into it and they believe on a whole other level, I feel like. It is... I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and now stepping out from that, whereas like for 30 years, I've been like, oh, screw that guy. I hate him. Screw that guy. Now I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, that guy's still alive? Good for him. And it just is so much different now. Absolutely. Are you big into meditation, Rob, also? Um, I believe in it a lot. Um, I wouldn't say that I do it nearly as much as I wish I did. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious on that with you on, on what for headstrong and you say about in, in, in helping people and learning and whatnot, was that the motivation for doing headstrong? Whose idea was it? Um, what year was it that you decided, all right, this is something I want to do. So, so what happened was, you know, sometimes I do stand up comedy and, um, and usually I'll do like a, a tour if, if it's not something local, because it's something I do as an artist, it's fun, but it's not something I'm looking to, to get into i'm not looking to do anything except for just brvd that's yeah. what a lot of people can't relate to that you know yeah. like how's that working out for you what do you mean it's working out fine dude absolutely <laughs> all that matters in life is being happy at the end of the day i want to you know that's most people you know have that drive that i'm a little jealous of but i don't really have it i have things i want to do but mostly i want to do nothing and that's where i'm happy is being able to relax you yeah. know how it is in the ww schedule where you're like you're just dreaming of like what would it be like to have a weekend off and actually yeah. go to a, something that i'm invited to so now it's like um, i have control of my schedule and people you know are always trying to dude we need to get you your own reality show we need to do that dude back off you know was that hard can, for you adjusting <laughs> off of the wwe schedule because for me it took a long time and it's still something i deal with being gone because I was so used to just going, 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 going. Did that take you a bit of time to acclimate away from that that mindset? Yeah, I still um, I still have anxieties about traveling. And yeah, stuff. same here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and I and I can never go back to full time. I'm glad I did it. You know when I could, but full time like that. You know, being on the road like 300 days a year, like no, it consumes your that. life. Yeah, I tell people that in, in living in. Rental cars, hotels, airports, every arena becomes the same. It's almost, it turns you into like a walking zombie and, and you're in this bubble. And I would always talk, I've talked about it before on here where you, I would meet fans and they'd be at the airport and, and coming back into Vegas and they, they go, oh, where were you at? And I couldn't even tell them the, the, the right. four or five cities. I just, I blocked it out. And it yep. was, and it, it's crazy how that, that's what you have to do though, to, to, to do that, I feel like, and succeed and and people think you're traveling the world and it, it, it's really, really tedious. And it's not like going on vacation. You're, you're a professional traveler and it's, it's a whole yeah. other world. So it's nonstop. Yeah. It's monotonous. And never what the fans used to, fans used to always say, this is the number one comment fans would say to me, like when you're trying to get your bag at baggage claim or something, and the fans are trying to get your picture at, you know, six in the morning or whatever, they would always say, Rob, you look tired. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing worse you... than that. I would get that when you actually feel good. And then yeah. somebody says, man, you look tired. And you're like, I feel great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, bro. Uh, so, so the, so as far as the traveling goes, that wasn't something I enjoyed about doing the, the comedy tours, but you know, we would book several of them in a row. My manager, Tom Garland, He's also in the movie, and he's a veteran comedian. Um, we, he set this uh, seven-day tour up, and it was his idea. Hey, let's bring a camera and just film it, and we'll do like a uh, you know a road trip documentary on, on you doing seven days on the road, traveling, doing stand-up comedy. Sounded like a great idea. Um, when I showed up for the tour, it was like three days after I had a wrestling match where I whacked my head. It yep. wasn't anything. It wasn't like a really uh, significant, um, brutal uh, impact to my head. It was actually very, very light. It seemed like nothing. Was that on an arm like, drag, Rob? Yeah, it yeah. was on a simple. It was a weird arm drag. Yeah, weird. Yeah. It was like, it was a weird arm drag, and I knew beforehand that it sounded like something weird that I hadn't done, but. Um, I hit my head and, and that always happens. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times that's happened where I hit the back of my head and I just need a second to shake it off. Yeah. And those are, those are, you know, little concussions. But I, uh, this time I showed up for the comedy tour and I was like, dude, uh, I'm still shaking it off. And at first I, I thought, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody, um, it'll, I'll be fine tomorrow. The next day I'm still not fine. And I started like doing private interviews to the camera. I'd, I'd be, uh, I'd be taking pictures with the fans, talking to them, and then I would turn to the camera and say, oh, my God, this guy has no idea I see two of him right now. <laughs> and I, I figured, you know, maybe I'll use it, maybe I won't. We'll see how it turns out. But the, uh, the concussion ended up being uh, something so big that we had to follow it, and the whole movie became about something different than we originally intended. And, and so it encompasses, you know, basically like a huge part of RVD's life. Now, doing that, were you nervous, Rob, going doing the comedy? Is it something you, you've enjoyed doing? Because um, then, I mean, getting the concussion and going into it, I can't imagine that that helping at all. But but were you nervous going into that at all? Um, I think, you know, like the first night of the tour, I'm always like a little nervous, just like, just like if you have a really important match, like yeah. right before the match. I'm like, I want to make sure that I get in everything I, that I really want to get in that's important to me. I don't want to forget anything and not get it in. Same thing with stand-up. But I've been doing it for, for a long time, and I'm super comfortable on stage. Um, this time, you know, with the concussion, I, I was concerned. But then at the same time, you know, I felt like uh, I felt like, well, I'll get through this. You know, like when I'm on stage, it's like everyone that's there they're there to see me. They love me. They're hanging on to my words. So it's not, it's not the other way around. Like a lot of people think like you got to meet their expectations and you know, if, if you don't make them laugh and then you'll die up there. And it's, it's not like that for me at all. I've, I've never bombed and I don't even get heckled and, um, and I enjoy That's it. Great. I have a really, I have a really dry sense of humor and um, I just enjoy sharing that. So um, that's, that's pretty much how it is for me. The, the first night of the, of this tour, I remember, um, I, I was writing new material the night before, just, you know, a whole bunch of whatever. I'm just writing out jokes, you know, I was like, yeah, I had a, uh, you know, I had a voice activated car, you know, my wife nagged and I went everywhere. Yeah. She said, I'll work on that later. <laughs> just write down all this stuff. Yep. And then when, uh, I, I tried to prepare for a 45 minute set. Oh, wow. A lot of times, a lot of times they don't want to give me the light, uh, the, shine me the light and tell me it's time for me to get off because they think they're going to insult me. I, I have that happen a lot, but I actually did just want to do 45. But anyway, they left me out there so long. I ended up doing like an hour and 20 minutes my first night. That's not so easy. That, 
Right. So after that, though, then I'm then my confidence was was there. I was like, OK, if I got an hour and 20 minutes worth of material, then I can just go out there for 45 minutes and say whatever comes to mind. That's incredible. With a lot of comics, too, they start off doing like five minute sets, don't they? Maybe 10. So yeah, I used to do seven. I used to do seven. That was I started like in 2007, just locally around L.A. and not even doing it often. You know, I might do couple shows a month and then you know four or five months might go by that i don't even do anything so it's always been kind of like that are there a lot of similarities with with comedy rob and wrestling or as far as maybe i don't know with other comics is there comic heat with other guys and, and things of that like uh, who's this it's, or have you experienced it's so it? similar it's so similar like everything in the uh entertainment business at least in show business is so similar like every time my manager tom garland wants to try to explain to me how something works. I'm like, dude, I already know. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, whether it's the the promoters or the, or the venues yep. or the fans or whatever. It's like, it, it, it's all the same. And like, this guy's got heat for stealing other guys' jokes. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed that you talked about in there, and I, and I appreciate this. I, I could relate to this. And you, you talked about, you know, drinking and just being open and honest about it. And and for me, in different situations in my past, I'm, I'm not a big drinker as much these days, but it's helped me at different points in my life. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. It's gotten me through a couple rough patches. I noticed in there you talked about drinking and being very open and honest about it. And I just think that that's real. I just, I think it's awesome just how yeah, that, you're just honest. That was my go-to. That was my go-to. I, I, I reached, I was at a point in life where I was just like, it just seemed like life was really kicking me hard. And I knew every, eventually everything's going to be okay. Cause I'm RVD. Uh, yeah. People, I get, I get love everywhere. At least I still have that, but, but I couldn't see past what was right in front of me. I mean, my, you know, the divorce was a major failure uh, for me at the time, although I'm so much happier now with yeah. Katie, um, you know, that I'm glad it happened. But at the time I was fighting it, you know, I stayed loyal the whole time and I felt like I did my best the whole time to to give everything I could towards the marriage. So that yeah. was, I didn't want that. And so when that happened, you know, I was really down. And then all I had was my dog and my dog died and then my dad died. And I was just like, you know what? I deserve to have a scandal. If I get pulled over for drinking and driving yeah. or something, who, you know, who cares? I deserve this. And I allowed it for myself, but I'm so glad I didn't like, uh, you know, hurt any, anybody innocent, you know, like it's stupid, you know, thinking about what I could have done, but it was like, I swear like every night I was, uh, arguing after the lights came on at the bar and was trying to grab my keys like every night, yeah. Rob, let us call you an Uber. And I'm like, you know, screw off. Tell me where the, where's the next place that's open. Where's the after hours yeah. bar? Like, yeah. That, no, I, that's I, a, a, I mean, any one of those things is difficult enough and I can't even imagine having, all three like that, back to back to back, and it's. It uh, I think that's a testament to you and how strong you are. But and like you said, I think time does. May, I don't want to say time heals anything, but it definitely makes it easier to cope with and whatnot. But I think it, it, it's an incredible story. How and you're not to go through all that, and you, but you know yourself well enough and what you have to do and to get through it. And I think it's uh, yeah. it's incredible that you've came out where you are now with, with all yeah. of that. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. I, I hope that everybody gets that same uh, inspirational message from the movie. That's what the uh, that's how the reviews are coming in. And I'm very proud of that, you know, um, but that that was my go to was I wanted to change my mindset as much as possible um, 
Dude, there, there's when it comes time to writing my autobiography, I'll be able to get into this so much more and elaborate with specific stories. But uh, there was one incident that some people know about, uh, not too many, but this was this was what was part of my rock bottom. Um, I had my friend Dan Masters with me at this bar, and I was already hammered when he left. Um, and he came back a few minutes later, and he said that the bartender told him while he was gone that um, that I lined up 15 shots in a row, and they were double shots because I remember every time a fan would buy me a shot, the bartender said, "I want to make it a double since the fan is is paying." 15 <laughs> double shots in a row when I was already drunk. I mean, that's oh. not. Yeah, it, that's not a. Uh, it's a destructive thing to do. And yeah. I think I knew that at the time. I just didn't care. You know. No, absolutely. No, that I think it's. You're human at the end of the day, and uh, <laughs> man, how did? So I wanted to ask you too, with with that, and your guy, you've always managed, you've always looked great, you've always stayed in shape. Um, what's your training routine and diet like on on most days, and you know the flexibility? I've always admired you for for your flexibility. That is, and how much time goes into all that being Rob yes. and Dam. Yeah, you know, stretching is 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 always been important to me. It's not my stretching isn't a warm up; it's its own workout, and so I still do it. I still flat, you know, I I do the splits. I can still do the back flips. Everything that I could ever do, I just don't want to as much anymore. So yeah, part of my maintenance is as part of my maintenance. You know, I, I lift weights. I do the cardio. Um, but now, since I have the last three years, I've had about ten matches a year. So okay, I can. I can kind of hang out in, um, what do you call it? Um, like off season athlete mode for a lot of it, Yeah, you know, just kind of maintain. And then when it, when I have a match coming up a few weeks before I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kick up the intensity. Same and, here uh, is what I've done when I was out doing the same. I would just, I would up my burpees and conditioning to get in shape. Cause I was going to ask you that, what you did to, for the end of the difference. Cause WWE, you stay in shape because we're for you, you, you have to, you sink or swim independent it's kind of you got gaps between the matches and yeah and and you know there's a lot of other things that i'm doing um so again the priorities are, are so much different there because wrestling is like one of the things uh, that i do now and i keep i keep very busy uh doing other business and doing stuff that's not business and so you know, it's like um, it, it, I always have that bit of a drive still in me where I know if I haven't been in the gym in a couple of days and, of course, I'm kicking my ass, you know, saying, God, I got to get in there. I got to work out or else I won't feel like I'm like I'm at my best. But at the same time, if I have to skip a few days because I'm doing uh, promotions or, or writing something or getting a deal made, you know, for future business, then I have to tell myself, like, hey, it's OK at this stage in life. Absolutely. I know, another thing, Rob, I saw in the documentary was you talked about, and I can relate to this a little bit, was you talked about at not caring at some point, but having the rug pulled out from under you in different situations. Is that Was that more of a wrestling reference right there at different times in your career with that? I think, um, it, I mean, I think it applies to everything, really. I think that everybody can relate because... Yeah. Uh, but, but for sure, I tell anyone that's that's young in the wrestling business that you're gonna you know they're gonna you're gonna have people that are gonna tell you that they got these big plans for you and then and then it's not gonna happen. Yep. like everybody deals with that because everybody's jockeying for position, trying to get their own every agent has their own wrestlers they're yep. trying to get pushed and and so everyone has that happen where you where you feel like, hey, wait a second. 
we were doing something here and they just forgot about me. You said we were going to do this. That always happens, but it happens in life too. Absolutely. You know I mean? yep. when you're looking forward to something. You're excited about it. And then maybe, you know, it just doesn't happen after a while you get used to that. So that kind of changes how excited you allow yourself to get about anything. No, absolutely. I, I completely understood that when you, when you'd mentioned that and, I think that's extremely important for guys getting into the business to understand. And it, that is the game. They talk about the game. I feel that when you talk about the agents and you're dealing with everybody has their own objectives and, and missions and goals. And you got, it's an extremely, they create an extremely competitive atmosphere. And it is, it is, that is the game. But I was going to say the, we had two things I saw for, and from watching Headstrong and I wanted to bring up, because I always get asked it, and I know you've been asked it before, but we have two things that I, I think we have in common for sure, and it's one, the airbrush singlets, and two, Cracker Barrel, because I, I am a huge <laughs> fan of Cracker Barrel myself. Yes. And, uh, Al Snow, actually, back from way back when, there's a video of Al talking about my love of Cracker Barrel when... Uh, <laughs> It was my first time eating there in WWE. <laughs> so I probably need to get Cracker Barrel to put an ad in their menus for my documentary. That would that would that would be tremendous. I do want to say, and I want to. Say, that's another thing with people with you. I for me, respect is a big thing in wrestling. I sometimes think that with I sometimes think that it's gone at times with other with certain people and whatnot. But for me, it was. I remember Vince. I was I coming off my ankle injury and. I was doing matches still as Skip Sheffield, and I wanted to be Ryback. And uh, I've been doing live events for about six months, and at TVs, not doing anything, as they were trying to figure out how to re-debut me. And uh, yeah. they came to me, and Vince said they wanted me in a black singlet. And they had the seamstress, uh, WWE, make me a black singlet. I had to put it on, and I had to walk into to Vince's office with Vince and Hunter, and they're just looking at me up and down and... and <laughs> Vince, ah, I love it, and but I, I, I hated it. I felt because I was so used to wearing trunks, I felt really awkward in the singlet, and the I looked like a little big show, which was there was no way for me. I, I just knew from being a wrestling fan, I was like, I have to find a way to not because he was very active on the roster. There was it was literally identical to the Big Show singlet, or very close to it. And yeah. it came to me, I was like, well, I don't want to just like, I didn't like the way, like when, when people would stitch things on them, I was, and I was like, I just remember I always loved your attire and I, uh, I don't know the exact details, but I, I came across, uh, I think Joe Holland, it was your airbrush guy and, and somehow got in contact with him because I wanted to ask, because it, I, I had an idea of doing this machinery airbrush, like Terminator type stuff. And uh, I just remember Joe put me in contact with you, and I believe I texted you, and just and just asked if it was all right with you. And I just remember you couldn't have been any cooler because a lot of guys I feel like you could have very easily said, "No, look, you know, I, I I'd rather you not do it." Or I just thank you because to me that was a big reason why Ryback. It all plays a part: the music, the entrance, everything in the ring, the attire, and uh, I think that really helped me stand out at that time even more, much more so than a black singlet would have been. So thank you for always being extremely cool. You, you truly are, truly are awesome. Yeah, thank you. That's, uh, yeah, I remember that as well, too. So, yeah, we'll both uh, stand out in, in that way. I was gone from WWE at the time and didn't see 
see me returning um and and so you know i was like yeah you know you you want to do it yeah cool like people ask me about moves too sometimes you know like i'll be on a show and they'll say like hey is it cool if i do a frog splash you know in the second <laughs> and i'm like you know and usually even if i know like that's wrong usually i'll be like um are you gonna do it better than me <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> you know because i don't you can't you can't patent a move you know no. say, what do you, how do you feel about uh shano mcmahon stealing your van terminators like well you know that that i mean you know it, it, what are you gonna do you know yeah I mean, it's like, no, it, it is tough there's only so many things you can do in wrestling too because there are so many guys doing it but there is a i do think there is a there is a respect thing that you don't you don't do certain things before, but and that's one thing I've noticed with guys a little bit. I talk about like I feel like the moves it's kind of changed a little bit because it's a becoming lot. it's become it's become very move oriented now. A lot, yeah. yeah, it's just a different it's a different it's a different ball game now than even when I came up. So I take I I. I... Personally, I take some of the heat for that on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I was transitional in that, and I feel like a lot of the wrestlers nowadays, uh, you know, grew up watching me and were inspired. Not just me, but I mean, I can... You were I a big part of it, yeah. It, it, but, I, but I mean, I had that old school training that they don't have now, so that's what made it different, and they don't understand. Um, you know, I would add extreme moves to the foundation of wrestling. The psychology of wrestling, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't replace the wrestling with extreme moves. I'd have to get it in, and I'd have to get it in without them knowing about it. Nowadays, yeah. you know, if I'm going to drop a leg drop on you, you don't need to know if I'm going to jump up in the air and turn 360 before I drop the leg. You don't need to know that. Nowadays, somebody, I'll, I'll see, I'll watch wrestling, and two people are holding each other, and they both jump up and both land on their knees and both fall. I'm like, I don't get it. Who did the move to who? Yeah, it's a different, that's what I was there's a it, there's different mentalities on wrestling, and I'm I'm always open to discussing all of it because I think there's, but it, it's almost uh, that one of the things you mentioned. I came in from Bill Demott, who was trained by Johnny Rods, and in, from an old school mentality, and, and Dr. Tom Pritchard, and psychology was 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 the the foundation. It, it's the rules of wrestling essentially. It's like baseball; the game evolves and speeds up a little bit, but you don't change. The, the rules that were put in place and wrestling's a little different than that because there are really no official rules per se. So, so people just have diff different outlooks on it or in, in whatnot, but it, it is definitely, uh, it's definitely changed in, in whatnot. It's almost where the, I love the acrobatic aspect of pro wrestling, but it, there's always a right time and a, and a wrong time. I feel like to do some of that, but Again, everybody yeah. kind of has different a different mentality on all that, and I guess it just d does depend on what your mindset is going into. The, I always just for me, it was always you're, you're trying to convince people this is real at the end of the day, yeah. and, and I because I think that sells to the masses, and I think it will always sell to the masses, no matter how much we the the, the curtains been opened or, and how much we let them in. That if you can make them suspend their belief, like a good movie, that when you're watching a movie, you don't. You don't realize, you don't, you just, you suspend your belief. If we could still do that in pro wrestling, we will maximize what we can get out of it. But hundred percent, hundred percent. You have to uh, get them to invest their emotion. Yeah. The best way to get them to believe it is for you to believe it. When yeah. I'm out there, that's when I'm selling, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm buying all of it. I'm holding my ribs and gasping for air because I just got kicked right there. And like a lot of people don't get that. They just do a, they do just a lazy, like, um, jerking motion with their body, no matter where they're hit. Yep. And they don't understand why the crowd doesn't really get behind them, but that is it. And by the way, 
everything has to evolve, you know. So yeah. I always I don't mind pointing out all the differences, but I'm not I'm not because I'm not like I'm not trying to save the business. I'm on the fringes of uh, you know hanging the boots up anyway, and I yeah. say good luck to everybody. But, Absolutely, but I, definitely, I definitely notice a huge difference, and I can go on all day about that. But and it takes time too, I think, and that's and I, I always like when guys like Ricky Steamboat and some of the agents are going around and doing and Dr. Tom Pritchard, and it, a lot of that too is a lot of the it's young guys, and everything takes time. And a lot of times when you, they get the guys WWE, everyone talks about them grabbing talent. I think also another aspect of that is is they're trying to educate them very early on so they don't get a lot of bad habits on the independence and whatnot that could be hard to break. Now, are they corralling talent? Possibly, yes, but it's also teaching them the psychology aspect down at NXT and whatnot. From a business standpoint, it makes perfect sense, and I totally get it. But I wanted, Rob, before, I don't want to take up too much of your time here in, in closing this. I do want to say... Uh, with Headstrong, one of the things I noticed throughout the entire uh, documentary is the excitement of people um, when they meet you. I feel like you are, I feel like everybody loves Rob Van Dam. Like the excitement level when, whenever you meet people, I look at it, it made me smile. I was like, you're just, you're, you're just a really relatable, likable guy. And it comes across in the documentary, it just the excitement of people from your shows and just running into you in the street, there's a legit excitement there. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I do too. And when I decided, you know, that, yeah, let's green light this and bring the camera. That was one thing that was real important to me. Like I wanted to share that. I want everyone to, to realize that um, because it is, uh, you know, everything is cool when you're RVD. <laughs> yep. and, I, and I, everywhere I go, like people that are used to being with me, they see it all the time. But like, uh, I, impacted people's lives in such a way that even if they haven't watched wrestling in 15 or 20 years, I, I meant so much to them back then. And I look pretty much the same, you know, like when, when people see me, they become a little kid again. Like even, you know, I, I, one thing I get a lot of is like, dude, I never do this. I never yep. do this. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's great. Rob on the one thing I always like to end with, with our guest uh, before we, where they can, our listeners can follow you is if you could give one piece of advice, a life lesson, anything that, that has helped you, uh, in your life, uh, to our listeners, what would that be? I would say own, own your priorities, get to know your priorities and, and then, uh, own that and it'll make life better for you because I think people, you know, life is challenging enough yep. and, and people, a lot of people are frustrated with themselves. You know, why don't I do this more? How come I can't quit doing that? If you make a list of really what's important to you and, and, and then you own it, it'll explain a lot of things. You'll say, oh, you know what? My my career really is important, more important to me than my marriage. At least at least you know that. If you, if you write it down, yep. it'll help you understand yourself. And the more you understand yourself, then, then the easier it is to find where to improve. And then life becomes better. I love it. Great advice. And Rob, where can everybody uh, follow you on social media? I'm at the Real RVD everywhere: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. The Real RVD, and I hope that um, all the uh, all this positive reaction that I get from everybody, like you, you know, like you pointed out, I'm hoping that'll translate into um, views for for Headstrong on iTunes because uh, I'm really counting on um, uh, because I get treated that way. I'm hoping that everybody will watch this because I think everybody will get. Um, good positive energy out of it and, and enjoy the experience of watching the movie. 
Absolutely. And that, that, that comes out February 19th, correct? Yeah, on, on February 19th, it'll be on uh, Google Play, Amazon, Vudu, and iTunes. And right now, you can go to iTunes and pre-order it. Good deal. I, and I personally, from watching it, I, I highly recommend it for everyone. You will you will come out of it uh, having even a greater respect for Rob Van Dam and, and his honesty and openness. And uh, it, it's a great documentary. So, Rob, thank I thank you. you for your time and uh, for coming on Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Awesome. Yeah, I'll catch you in Vegas sometime soon. Good deal. And we'll be right back, guys, after these messages. It's the big guy Ryback with Feed Me More Nutrition, and I just wanted to say thank you guys for another great year. We started the brand with three supplements, and we're now getting ready to release our seventh supplement, our 10-count creatine. We just released our GTS Go to Sleep High-Powered Sleep Aid, so if you have a difficult time falling asleep or staying asleep, check out our all-natural GTS Sleep Aid, available on feedmemore.com and Amazon. Speaking of feedmemore.com, we have all new domestic shipping rates, no shipping over $9.99 domestically anymore, with rates as low as $4.99. We want to be more competitive, and as a thank you guys for being loyal customers, offer you the best shipping rates we possibly can. So if you guys haven't checked out Feed Me More Nutrition, now's your chance. We are a premium all-natural supplement company that gives you safe, natural formulas that get results. FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Get hungry. Stay hungry. Feed me more. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback. And I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code THEBIGGUY to save 15%. FuelMeals.com. Feed. Me. More. All right. We are back. I should say I am back. Big thank you to Rob Van Dam. Mr. Monday Night, RVD, uh, for coming on, and uh, what a great guy. And so check out his uh, documentary, Headstrong, available on iTunes, February 19th here. And uh, like I said, I've watched it. it. It's great. It's great insight into to what he has sacrificed and uh, what a lot of guys have sacrificed, uh, especially with the way wrestling used to be with the chair shots and the concussions and whatnot. Um, just very happy got to talk to him. He's, uh, he's one of the good ones. So with that, guys, I do want to give a shout-out <clears throat> to Vegas Skin and Beauty Center here in Las Vegas. Thank you for, for the laser hair removals. If you need any beauty needs in Las Vegas, Vegas Skin and Beauty off of Craig Road here in Las Vegas. Real good pizza. You could actually save 15% now with discount code Ryback15. Realgoodfoods.com for low-carb keto pizzas, enchiladas, and their poppers have been improved, guys. They've actually made them even juicier and tastier. They have listened to your feedback, and uh, as any good company would, and they, they have made improvements on their poppers. So uh, 
check those out if you have not, or if you did and maybe didn't like them, check them out again and uh, let me know what you think about those. A wrestling historian on Instagram, please give him a follow. Great guy, and uh, he helps tremendously with this show. I do want to say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be also putting it out on social media, uh, looking for a transcriber for this for this podcast. Uh, if you could send me a message to the big guy at feedmemore.com or uh, hit me up on Instagram at the big guy Ryback twenty two. If you would like to transcribe uh, this show, we could work out the details of all that and uh, trying to keep this thing growing and evolving and. Uh, Love having Ryan Satin on. I think that is a, a highlight of the show every week now. And uh, cool dude. I, I, I dig. We, we get along really well. So that's uh, been a great addition to the podcast. So big thank you to Ryan Satin for making time each and every week to coming on here and bullshitting with the big guy uh, about a little pro wrestling. With that, we will have our regular show next week with uh, JD and Asian Joe. And... Uh, also have Ryan Satin back on next week. But uh, you've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Thank you. Feed me more. with the big guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment at feedmemore.com.